This street sign matters because it was the original street sign. And so find what matters to your city, what makes your city unique, and then run with it. And I think that's what we're doing here is, uh, you know, we're, we found something that matters and we've gotten it to a point. But you, you make a, a good point that there are a lot of big uh, problems and issues in Houston that need solutions. Well, how can blue tiles become part of that solution? Hello, I'm Jim Fox, and welcome to the Lumen Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live. Welcome to the Lumen Innovation Podcast. I'm Jim Fox, and in today's show, we're going to be talking about little three-quarter inch square blue ceramic tiles. In the early days of Houston, Texas, these little blue tiles were used somewhat like modern-day computer pixels against a background of white tiles to spell out street names and house numbers of home addresses. This design feature served as the very first street signs for the city of Houston. Now fast forward a few decades, the Blue Tile Project is an ongoing effort to celebrate and to keep alive this unique architectural design feature from a bygone era of Houston. Our first guest today is the founder of the Blue Tile Project, Joey Sanchez. Welcome to the show, Joey. Hi. How's it going? Doing fine. Thanks for being here. Our next guest is Joey's partner in life and in tiles, his wife, Kelly Sanchez. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you. Yeah, glad to have you guys here. How did this get started? How did you start the Blue Tile Project? When did it start? Uh, what's kind of the genesis of this? Well, yeah, about three years ago, we, uh, Kelly and I were taking a bike ride, and uh, we were actually heading down Caroline Street here behind us and coming from downtown going to Herman Park. And uh, Kelly and I like to explore the city, and so this was just part of that. We were riding our bikes, and we found some blue tiles on the, on the curbs, and decided to take some photos. Very so, cool. Yeah. It's, uh, and here at Weights and Measures, we actually stopped after our bike ride to grab a beer and uh, kind of talk about what we could do. And that, so it's exciting to being here at, the, at this restaurant to kind of relive our, our bike ride. Very cool. Kelly, Kelly, what's uh, your first uh, recollection of this when you was it the very first time you were out on a bike and you saw them, it, the, the idea struck, or did it take a while? Um, yeah, we, so we talked about it after we had taken pictures, and it was fun for us. And so Joey was like, this is really fun, something that's very unique to Houston. So let's start to make this available to everyone else and build awareness. So we built a fun app with one of our, um, actually one of the alumni from our, our university that we went to in college. And, um, and there's an app for Blue Tile Project where yeah. you can go around and take pictures of tiles just like we did that day because it's a fun experience to do when you're out and about around Houston. Yeah, it's kind of some form of geocaching. Is uh, geocaching even a thing yeah. anymore? I, I think it's uh, still around. But yeah. Before we get too much deeper into the, the, the app and, and all those other things, spend a few minutes trying to describe to the listeners who can't see these things yet, what are the blue tiles? What, uh, try to visually describe these things. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh, so I liked how you opened up the show with a, a very pixelated font, uh, kind of like 8-bit, uh, where you yeah. can see, you know, pixels, and it creates a very simple but retro-looking font, and the, the, the squares and triangles actually make up the alphabet and the 1 through 9, and they're on the corners where, you know, on every corner of the, the street. So that's uh, 
It's a very, it's a beautiful art form, uh, but it's, it's got a retro feel to it. So it's, a, it's pretty cool how it has shown up all over the city, and we really don't know how or where it came from. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Uh, it, so these started in the, in the 20s or so. Do you know exactly what year when the first one was laid down? No, uh, we've looked. We've gone to the uh, historical library downtown. We've looked for the record of the installation because of, there's so many of them. There had to have been a city contract. Yeah. Uh, yep. But we can't find it. We've had we've partnered with people, uh, but yeah. But what we have found is that uh, it is nostalgic for businesses during that time and later. Yeah. So. Um, it's kind of like when you when you drive a car, you notice that car when other people are driving it. Yeah. So yeah. as we go around town, we've noticed like especially um, downtown and the more historic area, um, there's a there there are like storefronts that still have tiles there. They're not blue and white, but they're different colors. But I think it was something of the time that really represented you know, different things throughout the city. It does have that, yeah. um, I don't know, I guess it's the Art Deco look. It's got the very kind of square look it, look to it, and it definitely says 1920s and 30s, and uh, and now, 80, 90 years later, it, it's really kind of got a cool retro look to it. Do you happen to know also, I mean, it would be really neat if you could figure out who was the one guy who thought this was a great idea back 80 or 90 years ago. Is, have you dug into that? Have you find that, found anything about that? Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it seems like there was a tile company in Houston that was awarded the contract. That tile company does not exist anymore, but it's definitely something that uh, we've looked for because okay. it was everywhere. Um, and I think there's definitely some uh, some similarities to the... <laughs> We're getting uh, our lunch set down right here in front of us, so yeah. uh, we'll uh, we'll eat right on through this, I think, if, yeah, if it works. Sure. If it comes across the mic so much, we'll take a break, and we'll be back afterwards. But, uh, but yeah, it'd be really cool to find the history of these things and figure out uh, who who first started uh, putting them in or who had the idea. Uh, these continued on through the 70s, right? So they, they did, and the reason why we know that is because of the neighborhoods that installed them. Oh, I see. Um, we are trying to piece together this puzzle, and... We have found that the neighborhoods like Oak Forest and Garden Oaks actually have blue tiles in their streets. And Oak Forest was created in the 1950s, uh, early 1960s. So um, we know that it had to have gone through that time period because that's when the, that neighborhood was created. And uh, the fun story about that neighborhood is that's actually where Kelly's grandma lives today. Ah, oh, very cool. And uh, Kelly's Kelly's grandma's lived there. For and my over. mom and her sisters and brother grew up there, so um, she still lives there today. And she's lived there for sixty or seventy, 70 years, years now. now. So, so it's weird yeah. how it all comes back yeah. full circle. Mm -hmm. that, that's really really kind of cool. Yeah, these things are uh, around. So you've you've started an effort with uh, one of your friends, Eric, to uh, to try to get some of these either restored or reinstalled. Yeah. So talk briefly about that, and we'll dig into that a little bit yeah. more later. No, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool because we have found the historic tile. Uh, uh -huh. There's a tile maker in America that still makes tile exactly the same as they did in the 1920s. Okay. And so we have worked together with that company for over a year now, two years, and uh, we were selling blue tiles to Houstonians who wanted to bring the blue tiles back. Now, Eric has come through curbappealblues.com to uh, install them because, as you could probably guess, installing into curb 
and concrete. It's not easy. But Eric is an innovative kind of guy, and he has built a rig to install these tiles into curbs all around Houston. Yeah, so these things, uh, I'm sure every city in, in the country has got uh, addresses painted on the curbs. Uh, these tiles were originally laid in uh, to be flush with the concrete, so to try to recreate that after the, the curb has been done is, is surely not a simple task. And, and I've seen some of the videos online with Eric, the way he's done that, and he's uh, all kinds of power tools out there. And, and the end result is that they're perfectly flush with an existing concrete curb. It's, it's a really neat thing. It is. It is. I'm, I'm really happy to see that that's uh, part of the offering now to bring the blue tiles back. And, you know, what we're really just trying to do is bring that nostalgia of history back to uh, Houstonians today. So it's, a, it's an awesome effort to be a part of, and I think we've really enjoyed being at the forefront of it. Okay, so Curb Appeal Blues is uh, the website where a person can go there if they live in Houston. They can say, I, my address is 1313 Main Street, and I would like to get my address on, on the curb in front of my house. And Eric comes out after a week or two and, and does it. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, any part of that process, or is it kind of all external to you? No, no, no. Yeah, we're, we're working together. Okay. Uh, it's a... It's a team effort, so okay. we've uh, we've set up a full supply chain to make this happen, and that's part of the, the fun of this uh, project is getting to work with new and exciting people. And we have uh, another group called HMD Stuff and Things, who I has like created name. yeah it's Josh Higgins over there. He's he's created a bunch of blue tile uh, you know things <laughs> stuff and things. And he's, uh, he's created a, a enamel pin for uh, the lapel. He's created some patches, T-shirts, hats. So it's a team effort. It's so you're, you're truly building a brand around this. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's really good. Yeah, uh, I mean, we started offering the tiles, and then all of our customers started saying, well, what do I do? <laughs> I have these tiles now. What do I do with them? Um, and so um, one option now is installing them in the curb, and then... Um, we also have a way where you can just build, you know, a sign. Because a lot of people, they don't have a curb in front of their house. So they can bring yeah. the tiles into their house just by framing it or things like that. I, I was reading on uh, Eric's website, and uh, he had a kind of a tongue-in-cheek Q&A on his website. And uh, one of the questions uh, from a supposed uh, customer was, can you put this uh, design in my curb in a different color? And he's like, no, I will not. Not in the city <laughs> of Houston. We're going to keep with the blue just yeah. to keep the brand. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I thought that's, that's really neat to really kind of st stick your guns and stick to the roots of what the project really is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, our, our goal, uh, Kelly and I, are to, you know, really bring these blue tiles back as a civic image for okay. the city so that when you see blue and white squares, no matter if they're tiles or a large mural on the side of the wall, you know it's Houston. Yeah, no question. There's a, a project um, that uh, that sentence brings to mind down in Seabrook, Texas, close to where I live. Uh, they've got uh, a bunch of fiberglass um, pelicans down there that are five or six feet tall. And they are unique to the city that if you see these pelicans, and they're all painted in different unique kind of crazy colors. And if you see that, there's no question you're in Seabrook, Texas. Yeah. And so the same thing with these blue tiles. It would it'd be really cool to see that. It's like, okay, I know I'm in Houston now. Yeah. And mm -hmm. th that's really good. And in, in the city, we don't really have too many of those civic images that are known throughout the U.S. or the world. You know, you go to New York, you know you're in the Big Apple. Yeah. You go, you go to L.A., you know you're in Hollywood. But here in Houston, we don't have that iconic 
image. And well, so, so th there are a couple things, but Houston does have a few problems with that, right? So Houston is the fourth biggest city in the, in the country, so you think, well, there's tons of history, tons of stuff. But we're a relatively young city. We're only about 100 years old. Mm -hmm. New, York, New York got started several hundred years ago, Boston yeah. several hundred years ago. Houston didn't get really started until the 1900 Galveston hurricane when all the businesses moved inland. So Houston is really only about 100 years old. Um, and so, so it's not, not a lot of decades of, of, of history, but also Houston has a tendency to tear down and rebuild every few decades. So there's not really much left. So it's neat that you found a way to kind of on a small scale that has wide reach yeah. to kind of celebrate some of the history. I mean, the, essentially, the, this is the history and it's yeah. been underneath our feet the whole time. Yeah. And we just have to stop and, and realize the details of the city and what makes it beautiful. And I think that's what's the beauty of this is, you know, Kelly and I took a bike ride and we decided to stop and smell the roses, literally. And we found these street signs to be uh, as beautiful as, as anything else here in Houston. And we're really uh, passionate about the preservation of them and finding out the story and the history, but then also ensuring that they live on and they become part of the fabric of the future of Houston so yeah that's that's a definitely a good thing I, I noticed even driving here today that there are some of these blue tile signs that are not not only on the vertical edges of curbs but also on the horizontal parts of the curb there's some just a few blocks that way I'm sure the listeners can't mm -hmm. figure out which way I'm pointing but I'm not familiar with this part of downtown but just a couple blocks away there's uh, all four Midtown. corners of the intersection mm -hmm. are are this, the blue tiles are horizontal telling the street names. And I don't know if those are original install or if they've been put in afterwards. Are you familiar with, with that? I believe those are in Midtown, and they were put in afterwards in the, in the ramps into the, um, yeah, into the, the sidewalk because um, to make it you know friendly with um, anyone who is wheelchair uses a wheelchair. So they took them out of the vertical part and then just laid them down on the horizontal part. Is that kind of what uh, you think? They're not original, so I believe they're glass mm -hmm. um, instead of tiles. Okay. So that was done. Um, I think at the 1990s. Yeah. Okay. And it's just to, uh, because I'm, I'm sure they removed a lot of tiles at that time, and yeah. they wanted to replace them and keep that feel, um, but just they put it in a different place. So There's, so. there's kind of a really neat, um, almost like an archaeological dig kind of thing going on here, too, because if you imagine these, these roads are 80 or 90 years old, right? These were put in back in the early days of Houston. These, these served as the original street signs. And imagine, wherever you're listening from, imagine how many times the road in front of your house has been paved over the decades. So these roads have been paved and tore out and repaved, uh, I don't know, five or ten times in the last Easily. 70 years. And and some of these blue tiles are half deep buried in, in pavement, right? So they've been, the road's been paved and repaved and it's kind of raised up the surface. And now some of the tiles are, are buried. Some are gone. Some have been tore out. And a few of them are still remaining just like they were. And that's really kind of neat to see that effect. Yeah. That, that as the years add up, they're, they're still there even though they're sometimes hidden. And so when you're when you're talking about history, you know this that's part of it. The the culture of Houston is very car centric, and you know these original street signs were the first uh, uh, in Houston, and they're still here. So when you're talking about you know what history is for Houston, this is that history, and it's been uh, it's been exciting to uncover. We've actually found almost close to four thousand of wow. them here okay. in Houston, and that's through the crowdsourcing effort the geocaching effort on uh, online. And I think that's also part of it. If you think about these new street signs that you've seen, somebody else saw the beauty in the blue tiles uh, back in the day. But we have the beauty of the internet and social media to really perpetuate this image and this symbol. So um, 
It's We've had so many people come up to us and say, thank you so much for really putting something together around this because they've been passionate about the blue tiles at some point in time or still are, or they've always enjoyed them, but they didn't really know how to get um, something around them to really recognize them or make it fun. Or So that's, um, that's got to be really rewarding to have people come back and give you kind of a pat on the back, uh, or even if it's just a simple email to say, hey, thanks for, for doing this. That's, that's got to be really neat. Oh, yeah. It's... Uh, it's it's a team effort, honestly. You know, it's it's. You, you spoke about Eric, you know, Josh, but it's everybody. It's everybody in Houston who loves to show pride in their city and yeah. their home. So it's uh, it's definitely something that we've been happy to be a part of and be at the forefront. Like I said, what do you what do you say we take a little break and have a sandwich? What do you think? Deal. Let's, so uh, let's right about uh, 80 feet from where we're sitting here in uh, a restaurant, bar, bakery called Weights and Measures, there is on the curb in these blue tiles, in the old school blue tiles, 2700 Caroline Street. And uh, the address of this place is actually 2808. Uh, but we're only about 80 feet or so away from the 2700 Caroline Street. The place we're at is called Weights and Measures. It's a really cool restaurant, bakery, and a bar. Uh, built into a 1950s style uh, warehouse that has been really kind of modernized. It's a really nice looking place. Uh, yeah. It's uh, kind of upscale, but also sort of casual. Yeah. And you guys uh, got a little history here with you guys going to, to, to lunch here when they first opened? Yeah, so I mean, this is, we live on this street. You know, we, okay. we're a part of Houston, and this is, uh, this is one of our favorite spots. And it's owned by the same owners as Mongoose First Cobra and 13 Celsius, which are up-and-coming bars here in Houston, and, you know, it's making Midtown a great place to live, work, and, and just to play. Very cool. Well, listen, let's take a break and enjoy these sandwiches. All we'll right. be right back in just a few minutes. Let's break out of the program here for a few seconds to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Puzzometry, the hardest puzzle you'll never solve. If you love working on challenging, unique, and beautiful mechanical puzzles, then you've just got to try Puzzometry. P-U-Z-Z-O-M-E-T-R-Y, Puzzometry.com. They have three different puzzles to choose from, and all are for sale at Puzzometry.com. Check it out. You'll be glad that you did. Puzzometry can also be found on Twitter and Facebook. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Lume Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation. Before we get back to the program, I want to let you know that you can find all of the episodes of the Lumen Innovation Podcast on our webpage, lumenovation.com. That's L-U-M innovation.com, lumenovation.com. We are also on iTunes as well as soundcloud.com. All right, we're back uh, here at the Lumen Innovation Podcast. We just had a uh, good lunch here at Weights and Measures. Very cool, good sandwiches. What'd you have? I had the uh, chicken BLT. And I had the ahi tuna salad. It was and, very good. And I had the chicken BLT as well. I just kind of copied your order. And man, it's, it's a really good, really good lunch. Uh, let's take, get back into the blue tiles here. Do you know if, there, if there's any other cities in the country that have uh, something like this? Have you found anything else? Was this a kind of an, an era of the 20s that everyone did or...? Yeah, so so there's other cities that have similar uh, similar signage, and you'll find some in Fort Worth actually, Fort oh. Worth, Texas. Okay. Some in Lake Charles, Louisiana, but uh, it's the vast amount of of tile street signs here in Houston that makes it special, uh, with over four thousand signs, 
and that's just the ones that are still remaining. So there's probably in its peak around 10,000 uh, signs. And then Victoria, Texas has a few that we've been uh, sent from some blue tile fans. Is there any uh, Joey and Kelly of Fort Worth or Lake Charles that's trying to do the same thing <laughs> in these other towns? Not that we know of. Yeah, but. hopefully. But <laughs> so there's there's also uh, a very prominent blue tile street sign in New Orleans. Okay. But it's not the same font. It's a painted ceramic glazed tile, and they are all over the city of New Orleans. But the beauty of what we've done here is we've captured the history and we've captured the um, the font as a civic image and I think New Orleans has done the same because they have a beer in New Orleans that has their blue tiles on it but Houston has a beer with its blue tiles on it. So, so I've, I've wondered is is there any way um, uh, I mean at, at their basic level these are just pixels more or less like I mentioned earlier uh, but is, is there any way to trademark these or copyright these to make these uh, protected intellectual property to where you could truly brand them as part of Houston or as, as part of your brand or something is it yeah, so we actually went down this road uh, about three years ago okay. and wanted to find out the uh, viability of that. And since it is in the public realm, it is not uh, trademarkable on the actual tile, but the digital font uh, is. And so we've put in for that, that trademark to keep it as a, um, as a trademark for Houston. So... We're looking to be the protectors of the image, if you will. I see. So has that been approved yet? Has it hasn't. It's, okay. it's still in the works, but we're uh, we're excited to see if it I've, comes I've, to fruition. I've been through that process a bit, and sometimes it's expensive and it, it takes a long time. It, yeah. it takes take, take several months and several Years several checks. In this, in this, in this way. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. Uh, so you've got uh, speaking of the city stuff, you've got uh, you've made some blue tile nameplates for the mayor and the councilman, right? Yeah. So that's actually through uh, my day job. Through okay. the, the Greater Houston Partnership, we found it to be a great um, image for awards. And so about three years ago, my boss at the time, Lillian McLean, wanted to create a blue tile award for, uh, for state legislatures, uh, le legislatures and um, city council members that are, are doing big things. Okay. And so the Greater Houston Partnership awarded it. But it actually started with my sister, who created a blue tile nameplate for me for my birthday. And so she's the, uh, the brains behind the blue tile award, if you will. That's really neat. I've seen pictures of that with, uh, with the mayor, with these. Um, at first glance, you might think they're just normal desktop uh, nameplates, but they're distinctly of the blue tile style and font. Uh, yeah. that's, that's really, really a cool thing. Uh, what other ways are there that you can kind of expand this brand in the city of Houston to make it more ubiquitous around town to where it's, it's clear that this is a Houston thing? Are there some other kind of big picture, like, you know, what are the big picture end goals here with some of this? Well, uh, I don't know. We've, we've got, we've got a three pillars of the Blue Tile Project at the moment, and art and image is the center pillar. The uh, historic preservation and documentation is the, is the first pillar. And then local business is the third pillar. Yeah. And so our goal really is to rally the local businesses and, you know, much like weights and measures. You know, you can only find weights and measures in Houston. And so we want to give this image as a piece of the unique 
local atmosphere and culture of Houston. So. And you've got a couple other businesses and bars around town that have these in them. Uh, I'm thinking yeah. of uh, the Eighth Wonder Brewery is one, and there's a, a couple others, right? Talk about those and how those developed. Well, we've been going to Eighth Wonder for since it opened. Uh, Kelly and I went back when it was just uh, a garage door, and and it was, uh, you know, had two or three beers on tap. And now it's grown into a massive operation, and it's a great place to go run into people that love Houston. And so uh, about three years ago, two years ago or so, we started talking with their resident artist, Donkey Boy, about the Blue Tile Project. Okay. And he introduced us to Ryan Sortka, who's their, uh, their champion over there, their founder and co-owner of 8th Wonder. And he came up with the idea of, let's make a Blue Tile beer. So he fashioned the can after the Blue Tile street signs, and he actually has hashtag Blue Tile Project on every single can. Wow, that's pretty neat. Eighth really Wonder good. for the Vice Timer beer. And then up above the bar, they've got a, a sign in the style of the, the Blue Tiles, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and that's, that's a original That was one of the first yeah. Blue Tile signs that, that we made yeah. outside of what was already there. So okay. Joey was trying to figure out the best way to start making Blue Tile signs for people because people wanted them everywhere and um and so um it was an interesting project <laughs> it was um but uh but yeah it was a great first sign to do with eighth wonder because it's part of that that sign so about houston yeah and, they love houston yeah. and they love everything about the city and, and yeah. for them to take that image and put it on their bar was a huge step so i thought uh researching for this uh show i i I thought it was an interesting link that people in Houston know what the Eighth Wonder Brewery is named after. People outside of Houston may not realize that that is a reference to the Astrodome. The Astrodome was called the Eighth Wonder of the World. Um, So the blue tiles are from a bygone era that you're trying to restore and bring back and and appreciate. Guess what's happening to the Astrodome as well, right? So the Astrodome has been a never-ending fight to tear it down and replace it with a parking lot or a park or to restore it and bring it back to life. And so there's definitely some, some connections there with what you guys are doing to try to bring back that part of history. And, of course, the city is struggling with the, the multi-million dollar challenge of what to do with the, uh, the, the building from the 60s. But, but it's a neat connection that you're, you're, yeah. you're doing your part. Yeah, and, and I think the way we approach preservation yeah. is what does that item or, or, or preservation project do for the future? Uh, we don't know much about the past of these blue tiles, but we know what we want it to be in the future. And so I think if the Astrodome takes that same stance on we know what the Astrodome was in the past, but what is it going to be in the future? And yeah. that's, if we all focus on that, I think we can all rally around. So when you guys like first started this project, is it correct that downtown, basically the heart of uh, Houston, there were only about seven or so of these left mm-hmm. uh, of the blue tile signs, and, and have those numbers grown now since uh, you started to put new installations in? Um, downtown, not as much, yeah. just because it, uh, downtown's the area where the most... You it's know, always turnover. Every just happened. Yeah, every decade um, there's a new building being put up. Yeah. But one of the first kind of tile installations, yep. I would say that that um, Joey did was um, for the Alley Theater. So, ah, cool. Um, if you go to the Alley Theater and the driveway um, into, I think it's the into the parking garage. Into the parking garage. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's amazing how much turnover is downtown. You a brand new building that's 20 stories, and 10 years later they tear it down and they put in something new. <laughs> it's, so it's hard to imagine that any sidewalk anywhere downtown is, is has remained, let alone seven of them. Well, those are on the peripheral of, of downtown, and the uh, the Alley Theater project was 
based on business leaders who wanted to, you know, they were redoing the, the driveway and they said, can we put blue tiles in? And that was another very early on installation. And again, how these early on installations happen were almost a little bit of magic because yeah. they uh, they were not easy to put in. You bump so. into the right person at the right time and, exactly. and they make it their pet project and off exactly. it goes, right? What are some of the weird, unexpected things you've learned about, uh, well, about anything in this process? Surely you've learned a bit more about Houston history that you didn't imagine. Uh, what are some other unexpected, not related to tiles things that you've learned in the process? Anything for you, Kelly, like that comes to mind? I'm trying to think. Um. For, for one for me is the, uh, the community that we've run into and, and met, yeah. you know, the different types of people that are now part of our, our uh, circle. Okay. And it's very fun to meet those types of people who are passionate about Houston and passionate about big things. So uh, definitely, definitely the community is, is one aspect that we've learned to love and grow with. And uh, in, in the vein of that, you've got a relationship with uh, Spring Street Studios, which is an art studio downtown, yes. or just north of downtown, right? Just yeah. a little bit north. Talk about that, how, the, how did that grow? What are they doing for you? How are you helping them? Yeah, no, the Spring Street Studios is part of uh, Sawyer Yards, which is a, a large artist uh, community here in Houston. It's We've done a few shows down there, the, uh, the Lumetivation podcast shows. We've done down talking to some of the artists there. So Excellent. And, yeah. and so uh, the Sawyer, Sawyer Yards and then the Arts District in general has been, uh, there's a lot of blue tiles over there. And so we've decided to uh, help out how we can because this blue tile is actually a an art form, the mosaic Definitely piece. Is. So yeah. uh, they have a blue tile graveyard over there. Yeah. John Deal, who owns most of the buildings down there, the developer over there, he uh, he salvaged these from being destroyed, I believe, 10 years ago, and he laid them to rest over in their parking lot, and it's a beautiful site. We've been over there quite a bit. So these are just kind of remnants of old curbs that have been kind of either cut out or broken out from uh, the existing streets, and now they're being just kind of laid around in the, in the yeah parking uh, members in so, the parking lot. And so they're uh, they're definitely a uh, a great space to be amongst the blue tiles, all in one space. Very cool. Well, uh, what are some other um, any other ways you can kind of grow this? We've talked about. Uh, I guess I don't remember. We were talking a little bit before we got on the air, and I don't remember if it was covered on the air, but with all the she the T-shirts and the hats and the branding of yeah. those things. Well, you know, one of our goals is not to – it's an authentic piece of history, and we don't want it to be a cheap piece of history. We want to make yeah. it a true art form, a true aspect of, of, you know, people's love for Houston. And one of the things that we've actually thought, thought about is our um, – I have a silver F-150, that's a single cab, and we have a, uh, a little boy now who's uh, almost two years old, and he can't uh, ride in my silver truck. So we've actually thought long and hard about turning it into an art car, the blue ah, tile yes. art car. That is a very distinct Houston thing, art, art car so parades. If, if yeah. you think about the art car parade, the car-centric culture, street signs being a part of this, the original street signs and paving of the streets, I think it's a, it's a history lesson on wheels. And if we can get this art car up and running and turn it into something... Uh, blue tiles on wheels, Blue huh? tiles on wheels. That'd be really neat. So That's definitely really cool. I think so. You're talking about uh, all, all sorts of different branding with uh, selling things and, and getting concepts out there. Is uh, the Blue Tile Project, is it a true business? Is it a nonprofit? Is, is it none of the above? Yeah. So we, we, uh, we branded it as a, uh, an LLC. Okay. And... 
we wanted to uh, create it as a convening space for Houstonians, so local businesses, uh, art, artists, and, and neighborhoods. Okay. And so it's a central figure to the greater conversation on preservation and art and business in Houston. And I think that's kind of the jumping off point for all things Houston. So, so you, you've, you've developed a few relationships with some of the, uh, the state and national preservation societies. Can you talk a bit about some of those things? Yeah, we're really excited about this. Uh, two years ago, we, the National Trust for Historic Preservation was in Houston for their annual conference called Past Forward. And so earlier this year, uh, they contacted Kelly and I and uh, explained that they were looking for 40 projects all around America to represent the 40 under 40 of preservationists. And so they chose the Blue Tower Project as 40 under 40 and offered to fly us to San Francisco this year nice. to, um, to be a part of their Pass Forward Conference and network with other preservationists and other groups. Well, that's, so. that's pretty neat. That's, yeah. that's definitely good. Kelly, you going along, going along on that trip, I assume? Yes. Very yeah. cool. That would be a fun trip mm -hmm. to do. You guys ever get to the point uh, where it's like, all right, we've had enough tiles for this week. We got to put the tiles away for a couple nights. <laughs> Is that uh, interrupting uh, date nights and those kind of things? It has. So, uh, <laughs> so we, yeah, and and we were overloaded with a lot of tile for a while. Um, yep. And so, yeah, Joey, Joey likes you know being hands on with it. So, um, he would he would order a lot of tiles and. Um, then we had to find some, you know, a place for the tiles because they were kind of taking over our living I, space. I've experienced that with <laughs> pisometry. Yes, I, I, I know the feeling. Yep. Yeah. But I, I think it's also been uh, an opportunity for us to connect and learn new places in the city yeah. and try new things out. And, you know, our trip to San Francisco this, this upcoming uh, November is going to be just an aspect that we didn't have before. So, yeah. One thing I, I mean, this this project kind of struck me when I first heard about it as a, a really cool, unique, uh, grassroots, ground level kind of effort, and it occurred to me that that the energy you guys have for this probably does not directly translate to other cities. I didn't realize until you just said it that there's other cities with these tiles, but so the the specific knowledge that you've gained, the specific effort may not transfer too much, but surely there are some some big picture things you've learned about other people that can do grassroots in whatever Topeka, Kansas. They've got something maybe there in that town that they want to bring back to life. What are some of those big picture things that you can tell to the listeners that, hey, in your town you can go and do whatever effort you're looking to do, and here's what I've learned. Yeah, I think it starts with just awareness and documentation and, and getting people um, on the same page to kind of build a group that's really okay. passionate. I mean, I think that's that's really what we've run into is um, when we said, hey, you know, we're really wanting to bring the blue tiles back. And then all a lot of people came up to us and said, oh, great, I want to do this for a long time. So just giving um, those people giving uh, the community a reason and um, an effort you know, to get behind something that they're really already really passionate about. They've just never had um, the foundation to do so. So I think that that's one really big thing and um, and uh, giving them the platform to do that. So Okay. Yeah. So, Joey, you've got a connection with uh, the uh, the Houston, I forget what the official name is, the Economic Partnership. Yeah, uh, Greater Houston Partnership. Greater Houston Partnership. Okay, but you said that there's not really the, the natural synergies with that that you maybe thought there naturally might be? Well, no, it's a, it's a, uh, I don't believe the project has made it to 
the attention of okay. the city of Houston and, and, and above and beyond and the Greater Houston Partnership. It's a fun project, but we're trying to turn it into a viable project that Got it. could literally change the landscape of Houston. And, you know, it takes passion. It takes drive. Uh, it takes those date nights where we're talking about tile yeah. and everything in between. So, it's yeah, so, so I asked that because, you know, we're in, in Houston. In the Houston area, there's about 5 million people probably only about 2 million or so in the actual Houston proper. Yeah. But it's a big city with a lot of problems. Of, I mean, I don't mean problems in a bad way, but there's a lot of things that a city this size is dealing with that they maybe don't have the time to dedicate to the tiles on the street, right? Yeah. But but a small town, uh, I just kind of threw out Topeka, Kansas earlier as yeah. a random city, but but a smaller town, maybe even a, maybe even a tiny town in some, some place might have a bit more effort uh, to put up. And I'm wondering what kind of words of wisdom can you guys give to those people in those towns to say, Go out and do it. Go find that effort. Go find that, that project and, and make it happen. Absolutely. The, so the beauty is inside of the historical relevance of the font. Uh, this street sign matters because it was the original street sign. And so find what matters to your city, what makes your city unique, and then run with it. And I think that's what we're doing here is, uh, you know, we're, we found something that matters and we've gotten it to a point. But you, you make a uh, good point that there are a lot of big uh, problems and issues in Houston that need solutions. Well, how can Blue Tiles become part of that solution? And I think the image of Houston, the, uh, the uh, overall embrace of like what Houston is. So obviously the Houston Astros are doing great this year. Yeah. We had Hurricane Harvey last year. The national presence of Houston is out there. But Blue Tile could be another positive force for that image of Houston. And so we're, we're looking forward to making it a national project that people see it as Houston's unique font that people can uh, That be could be a chamber of. of commerce thing where they it, could really grab absolutely. a hold of it and, and truly brand it as a, as a tourist attraction exactly. for Houston. Very cool. So uh, we're kind of running out of time here. We get, get a little bit later than our lunch uh, original lunch plans, but we'll keep going for a bit. But... Uh, Big goals here. If you had uh, an ultimate wish list, uh, what kind of help do you need? Is it, is it dollars you're missing most? Is it time? Is it more bodies like you, you, you guys? If you could put yourself on a Xerox machine and make a few more copies, what is it you really need? What is, what's the next step? What do you really need? My, my ultimate goal would be to uh, get that exposure, that national exposure. Uh, we watch CBS Sunday morning every Sunday, and we feel like this is one of those projects that would fit perfectly into that. I agree. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah. And just getting the eyeballs onto Houston in a positive light and making it not just a preservation project, but a civic art image project. And then attracting those local businesses like Weights and Measures and, and the Kalachi Shop and 8th Wonder Brewery to uh, really utilize this as a, uh, as a force for good, force for change for good. When I was uh, researching for this in the last few days, I, I, in my mind, I was hearing this story as an episode of 99% Invisible, the uh, podcast by Roman Mars. Wow. And so, Roman Mars, if you're out there, come, come uh, do a story on this. It's really neat. Yeah, uh, for sure. But it, it definitely has that kind of grassroots, small, I was going to say small town, or the big city here, but it's got, it's got that kind of grassroots effort that they like to celebrate as well. You know, grassroots, we, we call it street level. Yeah. It's street uh, level preservation absolutely. for us. Yeah. And, uh, we're definitely open to, you know, getting the word out there and getting millions of people behind this effort so that we really can take it to the city and beyond to uh, make it a, a uh, part of our culture here in Houston. 
How much time do you guys spend on uh, the Blue Tom Project per week on average? In my mind, it's or? like yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a twenty-four-seven thing. I mean, every you know, every you know, blue tile that um, that people purchase or no, or discover, that's a notification coming across our phones. So you know, we're really involved in it, and um, and we we're involved in social media. So it's really interesting to see what people turn it into in their in their lives. People that we've never met actually in person. Um, but they turn it into something that's, you know, their names that they're getting married and they want to put it in their house or... That's kind of a neat connection, um, yeah. Or just, you know, unique things like that that we never would have thought of and it's just exciting to see what people do with it. So we are, I would say, it's never, it's a nonstop yeah. presence you're, in our you're life. You're impacting people's lives in yeah. ways you just didn't imagine. Yeah. And it's, it's, people it's have really installed neat. blue tiles into their kitchen uh, backsplash. They've installed, you know, blue tiles like their wedding hashtags. Uh, we, we had the Woodland Heights, uh, a historic neighborhood here in Houston. They're in every single one of the um, homes on their home tours. So it's a, it's a growing movement, and we're, we're just excited to be a part of it. Yeah, that's, that's definitely kind of cool. You guys, over the last uh, few years, when did, when did this start? What year did, did 2015. you? 2015. So it's only a three-year-old project, but yeah. it's it's a big three-year-old three-year-old project, and you've had a lot of press coverage. Uh, yeah. You've had uh, spots on a couple of the local news segments, yep. uh, various online um, presences, and doing uh, shows like what we're doing here. Uh, how has that uh, how has that changed you guys on, on a personal level? Is that is it are you more comfortable now doing these, or were you comfortable before? Has, or were you nervous about <laughs> it when you first started doing, doing these kind of things? You're you're some version of a kind of a, a celebrity now, in a sense, right? You probably don't think of it that way, but but five years ago you didn't have this kind of exposure. How's how has that affected your? Uh, are you better at it now, or? Well, Kelly can attest to this. I've always been a people person, and I've always loved to. Uh, it shows. To, yeah. yeah. Get people yeah. behind a yeah. cause. Always. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We went to the same university in Jacksonville called uh, Jacksonville University, and we didn't have a hand symbol. All of the schools that we know of, UT, A&M, Florida, Florida State, all have hand symbols. And so during our tenure in school, we created a hand symbol that is now known throughout the whole entire university. And freshmen coming in this year, even though we were there 10 plus years ago, uh, are utilizing this it's hand symbol. It's now fully adopted at our university as the hand symbol for our university. So. Okay, so this is going to be a challenging task. Can you describe what the hand symbol is to the <laughs> listeners? Oh, oh it's absolutely. easy, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. It's the I love you sign for uh, in sign language, just reverse. Okay. And so you'll notice instead of an L, you'll have a J, and then ah. instead of the U, it's the, it's, it is a U. Okay, so, so Jacksonville University. Jacksonville University of Dolphins. Very, very cool. So this. We're, uh, we're, we're passionate about connecting communities through imagery and, and uh, it makes people happier to, to be connected and so the blue tiles connect everybody in Houston. Very cool. Um, let's give a shout out to your various social medias and ways to get in touch with you and learn more about the blue tile project. Absolutely. So you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at blue tile project and uh, if you see a blue tile street sign or if you see a street sign in tile Go ahead and tag it, hashtag Blue Tile Project, yeah. hashtag Word on the Street, and hashtag Street Art, because essentially this is the original street art of Houston. Okay, very cool. Oh, actually, that reminds me, one, uh, one more thing before we sign off. Talk a bit about the process of the app development, uh, not necessarily the, 
the tile aspect of it, but actually how did you guys go from not being app developers and not having probably nothing, anything to do with an app to now you've got an app that's more or less your project? How the, what was that creative process like? Yeah, so it's... Uh, community. Uh, so, community. yeah, people. we... People that are passionate about the our project, so... Um, so we started it, but we definitely wouldn't be here without people that were there to help us along the way and still are helping us. And so, like, for example, our mobile app, that was an alumni from our university, um, and he is, he's now, he's in Houston as well, and, and so he heard about what we were doing, and, and he helped to build the mobile app. So now you can download a mobile app and go around Houston and take pictures of the blue tiles, and Aegeo references it for you. And so now it's become a community project to really, you know, track so, all of the so were, you, were you guys involved in the process of actually making the app of, of swapping, you know, back and forth emails oh, yeah. and saying, no, I oh, want yeah. the, the buttons to be on this side and not that side Absolutely. and all of that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The, the uh, usability of it and just the, uh, the functionality. And, you know, he had the engineering side and yeah. was able to do it uh, really quickly because he's passionate about building apps. Yeah. But uh, Dave Kerr, uh, it's his side gig but again he, we've got big plans for for the app and for future blue tiles so was stay it, tuned was that new to you the, the app process was that all completely foreign to you or did you know anything about that before well kelly's in the in the oil and gas and technology space so she's got uh some understanding of of technology user interfaces, user interfaces but, and, but okay. for the most part it was pretty, pretty new to us <laughs> any guess on how many downloads you've had uh we've had over a thousand okay. which is fun and we've had over four thousand pins on blue tiles, and it's uh, without it, I don't think this project would have had the uh, the weight yeah. it does today. Yeah, several years ago, I, I had an app on the Apple App Store, and uh, and I did it purely as a, just to learn how to how the process works, with no intent to make much money at it. Just just can I get an app on the App Store and learn that process? And so the answer is yes, I did. But I learned along the way that it is very difficult to it get is. tons of downloads unless you've got a huge public publishing house behind you to push it and and yeah. get all that. So to get a 1,000 apps, which you know all of those 1,000 are downloaded within 50 miles of here, right? Oh, yeah. There's no reason someone in Seattle would download that. Nope. So you've got a 1,000, which is a reasonable number is. in a very concentrated area. So that's actually really good. That's, 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 we're, we're that's kind of surprising. Excited. Yeah, we used to go to the uh, street, uh, what was it called? The, the Sunday Streets. Sunday uh, Streets. And promote the app. And that's a local street fair here in Houston that, that uh, and, uh, promotes walkability. And I mean, the blue tiles promotes walkability because you're out there, you're on the street, you're walking around town, and you notice these. Once you notice one, you notice them all. Yeah, that's, they're, they're definitely distinctive. Uh, it's kind of a shame that some of them look the part of 80 years old. Others <laughs> look 80 years old but still kind of look new. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, it's kind of neat to see all of that history wrapped up into it. Uh, before we sign off, give one last shout-out to the project. Let, let folks know why you care about this stuff. Uh, well, this started out as just a fun thing for us to do together as a couple, and um, now it's become a part of our family um, with our son and, and our, our extended family and, and the community in Houston. So we're just really proud that um, people were as passionate about it as we are, and um, we welcome you know anyone that wants to join us to have fun with us and and make this take this to the next level and make it something Houston can be proud of. Yeah, Very. for sure. I mean, definitely uh, download the app at Apple Store and Google Play. Uh, Blue Tile Project is what it's under. And find us on social media and share with your friends. And the website, is it The Blue Tile Project or just Blue Tile Project? BlueTileProject.com. BlueTileProject.com. Go check it out. 
Thanks to uh, Joe and Kelly Sanchez here for uh, not only being a part of the show, but uh, doing what they can to preserve the history of Houston. It's really cool that you guys are doing this. Yeah, thank you so much. It's good. Really thank appreciate you. it. Thanks. And thank you for listening to the Loom Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live.